0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook. Today I'm joined by Justin Wells, and we continue our pre-spring look at individual position groups on the Texas Longhorns, this time by going over the wide receivers. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel. We've got great stuff coming daily on On Texas Football in the lead-up to Longhorn Spring practice. Also make sure you check out InsideTexas.com. Same promo, but we've been running for a couple Uh, weeks almost a month now still going Uh, you can get access up until august 31st for just $29.99 great value Uh, you get spring football official visit season uh, off-season workouts and training camp info all for a great price and uh, one of these stories that we're going to be covering pretty closely is the wide receiver position for the longhorns And, and so justin you know This is going to be a a room that sees some change, uh, especially with new wide receivers coach Chris Jackson. Uh, But there's going to be a lot of the same characters back for this upcoming season and spring specifically uh, who are a part of the passing offense last year.
1: Yeah, they're returning virtually all their production from Xavier Worthy to Jordan Whittington to Casey Kane to about four or five guys that had a few catches in between. They're returning a lot of production. That's the positive. Uh, on the negative side is they need that production and they need more. And for this offense to flourish and for Quinn Ewers to be able to really get vertical, you're going to need an injection of an A.D. Mitchell. Uh, you're going to need the health of an Isaiah Nayor. And you're going to need the the young influence of a Jonte Cook and a DeAndre Moore. And so this position got a lot better from December to about early February. Uh, last year, I've I, I bemoaned about this a few times, Isaiah Nayor's injury, Joe, crippled the offense on what it could potentially do last year. Uh, they, they tried to, to, to find a guy. They tried to mix and match his spot, and it was impossible. Now they've got him hopefully coming back, and, and A.D. Mitchell, who is a very similar style receiver. And so this room, while all the production comes back, it still needs more. You still need more, there's much more to be had in this group. And it starts with Xavier Worthy. I think that guy has had two really good years at Texas. He has a chance to solidify himself as one of the top receivers that's ever played at UT with a great junior year. You got Jordan Whittington coming back for his, I guess, sixth season, it feels like. And then you got, that's not, you know, and then you got Casey Kane who's had a handful of, Catches and a, and a couple, couple decent games. Jatavian Sanders is a guy that's not a wide receiver, but I'm mentioning him because he's second in the team in catches, yards, and touchdowns. So he was definitely a benefactor of the wide receiver room not being as as salty or as strong last last, last fall. But man, from from De- December to about early February, this room got a lot better really quick, and it needed to. Joe, a lot of production coming back, but that production needs to. Uh, Continue to produce.
0: Yeah, and you know we'll do like we normally do: talk about players who left the room, talk about players who are coming in. And I think to your point, you you mentioned that a lot of that production's coming back. The list of players leaving, it's not; it, it's a handful of names, but there aren't very many yards leaving. Ajay Hall, one catch for seven yards. Troy Omir, one catch for nine yards. Uh, Tariq Milton, two catches for forty yards. And there you go. That's kind of about it. Um, so, uh, of course, you know a lot of what ifs uh, related to Omiri and Hall for a variety of reasons. Hall still in the transfer portal. Uh, Omiri has gone to, I believe, Arizona State. And Tariq Milton uh, transfer from Iowa State. I think he's exhausted his eligibility. Uh, you're not missing a whole lot from that group. You then come for their time at Texas, whether brief or not, and. You know, Now you get to look forward to the next year. There's only one other real loss, um, and I don't know if you call it a loss because it's not at somebody transferring out or leaving, but rather it's someone changing positions. And we talked about Savion Red. I talked about it with Bobby uh, going to the running back room. Um, You're only missing six catches for 34 yards. You're building depth uh, at a position where you're trying to figure out who's going to replace Bijan and Roshan. And because of so many of the newcomers, and I'll even include Isaiah Nayor kind of in this category right now, because of all the newcomers, you have the liberty and the ability to move someone like Red uh to the wide receiver or to the running back room. So <clears throat> excuse me, guys, you got joining the room. Uh, of course, uh, you know, Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington coming back. That's 110 catches, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. Uh, the two guys who are on the field for the most part uh, with a lot of 12 personnel, then, he, then it's kind of a, okay, who's it going to be? Casey Kane had a really nice bowl game, kind of uh, ended up with a hundred yard game at the end, but you know, that was half his production for the whole year. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at a walk on Gabe Sulzer. Um, he had two catches for 10 yards, but only played in garbage time, really. So a lot of these players that are returning or being added to the room uh, they have a lot to prove, uh, and there's going to be a lot of opportunity for them uh, to in this spring, especially some of the early enrollees. Um, we'll start with Ad Mitchell, uh, Georgia transfer, two-time national champion, uh, and I think you you can kind of get caught looking at his stats and think, okay, this is just a a Georgia cast-off, or oh no, he's just an off-injured guy. He did deal with injury, but I think the one thing that speaks to me about AD Mitchell is when he returned from injury, he was thrown into the starting lineup. And it wasn't just for any starting lineup. It was for the SEC title game and then the two college football playoff games.
1: His production, when you said, you know, half of Casey Kane's production came in the Alamo Bowl, half of AD Mitchell's production came in the playoffs in the SEC title game. And if you're going to produce, buddy, that's the time to do it uh Mitchell's the guy that you know don't don't look at his stats you're right because Georgia is one of the most balanced offenses in college football the last 2 years there's nobody that's dominating on their stats from their tailbacks to the running backs to their tight ends everybody can tr- contributes there and so there don't you know don't don't let the numbers fool you uh that dude can ball you know originally from Missouri City um I think it's a good fit because he wants a kind of a fresh start and AD Mitchell's a guy that For Stark's offense to flourish, he has to have that long outside guy that can go vertical. It's just required. It pulls that safety off enough to where everything else works. And A.D. Mitchell can be that puzzle piece. He doesn't necessarily have to catch 40, 50 balls, Joe. He just has to have the attention of the the secondary. He just has to be able to to, to stretch that field from time to time and to give Quinn Ewers a, a legitimate deep threat. We, we, we've seen you can just because you're quick and fast and can catch doesn't mean you're a deep threat. And, and we've seen that with Xavier worthy last year. It just doesn't, he just doesn't fit in that box. Mitchell does. And I think Mitchell being able to, to do that and, and basically keep the, the defense honest is what's going to help the rest of this team pretty much, you know, continue that production in 2023. Mitchell's huge. Uh, him coming in, being able to play immediately
0: kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply yeah uh he's someone who may be able to slide into number one receiver status um not to say that xavier worthy is dropping off but when you look at guy who is going to be closer to the quarterback going to be closer to quinn Ewers, um is going to be in the boundary and is going to have opportunity heck he could lead the team in catches uh i think it, it but i think what you mentioned maybe with Georgia could end up happening a little bit this year where it's spread out a bit more um so I, a, a big addition <clears throat> Texas needed to find someone in that wide receiver room or from the transfer portal to uh boost that already pretty talented group and uh AD Mitchell definitely does that um we'll we'll talk about Isaiah and Aor cuz i think it's it's important to To bring him up, a player who caught that big touchdown pass from Quinn Ewers last year, Wyoming transfer, uh, and then tears his ACL, I believe, during preseason camp, and uh, that probably changed how the offense was going to be run. Steve Sarkeesian likes uh, running a lot of different sets, but when he and in a lot of different personnels, when he lost one of his main wide receivers, you know that limits uh what you're able to do and that's why you saw so much 12 personnel and maybe from time to time you'd see Casey Kane or or, uh Savion Red out there as a third wide receiver so um he may be a little bit limited in spring uh that may not he's gonna start I think just continuing to rehab uh that knee Uh, of course ACL is a pretty big injury but more and more players are able to come back from it um what do you see from him maybe not during this spring but coming over the course of the summer and maybe into fall camp uh, from Isaiah Nayor the
1: problem with Nayor is he gave us a taste in last year's spring game we saw what could have been, what might have been last season in that spring game with him with him and Quinn i you know the expectations of what he can bring i i, I think have to be minimal at best but he still has that upside. He still has that talent that we saw last year. You just want to make sure he's healthy. And so I don't know what would be reasonable in that regard, especially because you've added in A.D. Mitchell and you've added a couple other receivers as well. If Nayor can at least get in the rotation and become a valuable guy that can come in and out off the field in certain situations, certain plays, certain packages, that to me is ideal. That to me is is Isaiah Nayor being, being – um, used adequately because that's there's so many other guys in that room now now if Nayor gets back to where he was last April last last May absolutely you try to open it up a little bit more you try to maybe go more four wide to just to kind of see how to, to see you know <laughs> if you give Sark the opportunity to add more wide receivers on the field I feel like he'll do it and so and that'll only make Quinn Ewers more happy I don't know what to expect from Nayor, but if he can at least become a part of the rotation, be a guy that, that that can come in and out in different series, different plays, and and, and be that 35-catch, 600-yard, 5-6 touchdown guy, that to me is, is fantastic production from a position that's only getting better this fall.
0: So uh, <clears throat> that's a return from injury, a return or an addition via transfer. Uh, there are a couple more additions made to that room. Um, and they come from the uh, high school class, the 2023 class, and two are currently enrolled at Texas, and that's Jonte Cook and DeAndre Moore, Jr. So we'll start with Jonte Cook. Um, on three, consensus, five-star, number 31 prospect in the country, number three, wide receiver, uh, number five uh, prospect in the state. On three, lists them at about 5'11", 171, played for state champion DeSoto, and on a team with a lot of different stars, including uh, fellow Texas signee Trey Wisner, uh, Jontae Cook garnered a lot of attention and still was able to uh, produce, even with that attention, and and help the Eagles on the way to another state championship. So um, you know Jontae really well from his recruitment. Um, He's a very mature player. Um, He knew what type of school and and what type of recruiting class uh, was going to be best for him and Texas fit all of those uh checked all those boxes but now he's a player at UT and he has an opportunity uh, to maybe gain some playing time this upcoming season especially with the strong spring so um, he may not crack that first group but he could grab crack the second group and we see players get some opportunities there especially if Texas is going to deploy three wide receivers on the field at one time so uh Justin, Jonte Cook, a guy you're very familiar with. Uh, what should we expect from him this spring, not just on the field but off the field too?
1: With Jonte, you know, there's not you're not going to find many freshman receivers that are more ready-made for college than than Jonte Cook. This kid is a walking technique. He's incredible at, at at each little aspect of the game from from running routes, from getting open, from planting his hip, from sinking his hips to Pushing his feet to, to catching the ball to high point. You name it, Jontae Cook has done it. Give, um, you know, Kerry Sweeney, wide receiver coach at DeSoto, a lot of credit for, for helping develop him. Margin Hooks, his wide receiver coach and trainer uh, that he's had for years. Uh, Jontae is the product of high level development. Jontae has really worked on his craft. And about a year ago, a little over a year ago, he got about a year and a half ago, he got to meet and got to know quarterback arch manning and when those two met it was it was almost like okay i, I think this is gonna work I, I think we should play with each other and so when, when arch made his announcement jonte's wasn't far behind and trust me jonte was in this cook way longer uh, than when he actually committed and cook has been the quintessential teammate he helps with recruiting he helps uh, with with, with offseason stuff, he, he does the, the, the extra stuff going above and beyond with the passing sessions with Arch and with Quinn and, and Malik Murphy. Jonte Cook is what this program needs. And Chris Jackson, if I'm, ex- if I'm Chris Jackson and I'm excited about one guy, it's Jonte Cook. He, he, he may not start, but he's damn sure going to be running with the twos. And if, if he continues to, to get better and understands the, the speed of the game in August – he's going to be on the heels of people for, 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 playing time. Jonte is too good. He's too precise of a route runner. He's too good of a catcher. He's too good of ball after the catch. You know, he's just, he, he has a lot of those weapons. If he, my only problem with Jonte is going to be durability. You know, he's, if he's 170 pounds, I'm, that's probably a little bit of an exaggeration. He's a little bit dude, little bit dude, but I think the Savion on red move, was partly because of these two freshmen that came in. Not only did the running back room need a guy like the Savion Red with that body type, but a Jonte Cook and a DeAndre Moore Jr. Watching those two guys, listen, they're going to play and they're going to play early at Texas. I think the writing was on the wall for Red when it comes in that regard. Jonte's so ready to play college football. I can't wait to see this year just how far he's come.
0: Seeking the truth never gets old. We'll move on to uh, DeAndre Moore Jr. And uh, this is another wide receiver from uh, California. Uh, St. John Bosco is where he ended up uh, his senior year. uh, Played a little bit uh, at several different high schools, including Los Alamitos, I think, for uh, or with Malachi Nelson, which has got to be a wide receiver's dream uh, out there. Uh, But DeAndre Moore, I think there were some fans who may have been a little jaded by the very tail end of his recruiting process kind of some twists and turns with Louisville and a handful of other schools. I think Georgia was involved too. Uh, But you go ahead and and look at his tape, and you see a really good football player. Um, He's got defensive highlights, and that's even at a pretty big-time program in St. John Bosco. Uh, Even uh, his high school coach, who was at the All-American Bowl in San Antonio, uh, talked about more, and just for being there a year, he became a part of that community uh, and really, you know, ingrained himself as part of that powerhouse program. You watch his film again. There's some defense. He's a really good football player, but he still has some development to do as a wide receiver. Uh, he with the ball in his hands. Like I said, he's a football player, uh, but sometimes they just gave him the ball and let him go do things. He's got to work on. Ah, uh, getting open, running crisp routes, and of course, blocking—big, big requirement for for all the different Texas wide receivers with screens and stuff like that. There's a lot to work with there, uh, but I think it may take oh, even despite his, you know, top one ten ranking in the on three consensus, it may take a little time, a little bit more time for more to see the field compared to someone like Jontae Cook, but still uh, a typical Steve Sarkeesian wide receiver recruit. From an area he knows well, and a good late add that some other really strong programs wanted in their uh, football program uh, at the end of the what second sign or first signing period.
1: Well, you know, with say who comes in ready made and needs to add the muscle and, and things of that sort, DeAndre Moore comes in with the muscle and just needs to add the technique. He just needs to refine refine his skill set because he he's a he's a good one. This is a kid. Used to be committed to OU, was, was, was courted by Georgia, courted by USC. Uh, anytime I think of DeAndre Moore, I think of our our trusty friend UT was at Inside Texas. Uh great guy, awesome dude to 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 know, great member of the community. I'm sure there's a few uh, members that wouldn't agree with that, but you know, <laughs> for whatever reason, he was hung up on on DeAndre Moore Jr. and I will always think of him for some reason because of that recruitment. But he's he's very complimentary with Jonte, in my opinion. Like I said earlier, Jonte brings the skill set, needs kind of to get a little bit bigger. DeAndre Moore brings the frame and the size. He just needs to get a little bit more in the skill set. So if you're going to have two guys, they, uh, to, you know, to bring in early, they're very complimentary in that regard. They're probably going to play the same spot most of the time. Um, but that's what competition does. That's what that's what it does, and it's gonna it's gonna bring out the best in both of them. The fact that Moore got on campus in January is paramount to him playing this season. If he if he cracks the rotation, if he were to come in in June, I would have said probably not happening. The fact that he's six months early gives him a shot over a Ryan Niblett, gives him a shot over potentially a Brendan Thompson who's running track and not playing football this spring. It gives him an opportunity to, to see the field in 2023. And if you ask these kids ultimately what's the biggest reason they went to this school or that school or made this choice, a lot of it has to do with playing. They want to play early, and and, and that's not a cliche. DeAndre Moore Jr. wants to play early. So him and John Tate coming in together is pretty complimentary.
0: So, like you said, uh, Ryan Niblett also in the class, but he's not showing up until uh, the the summer. Um, I think at this point, you know, we kind of talked about Casey Kane, eight catches for 201 yards. He's going to be someone who competes for that third wide receiver spot. Uh, Same thing with Brennan Thompson. You know, one catch, 32 yards, came against Oklahoma State. Uh, But he's running track, and, you know, it's part of what – uh, you know, is this is true for DeAndre Moore? Is a little bit true for Brennan Thompson too? Uh, has to learn how to be a little bit of a receiver instead of just an athlete with the ball in his hands. But I think that kind of brings us to a good discussion about what to expect from Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington. Uh, these are the two guys who who led that wide receiver room last year. Uh, Worthy first on the team in catches with sixty. Whittington second, or excuse me, third with fifty. Um, two experienced guys, two really good frontline uh, wide receivers. But you know, for as I, I, and I don't, I don't fully agree with a lot of what makes Xavier Worthy a polarizing figure at this point. Um, but for how adored Jordan Whittington is, oh, the opposite is almost true for Xavier Worthy. Even though Worthy is, has been more productive. Um, and has, you know, scored more touchdowns in the past couple years than Whittington. So, um, obviously, uh, he's got to catch the ball, um, and I think there's a bad taste in everybody's mouth uh, from the bowl game. But I think what is worth remembering, Xavier Worthy is – you have to get open to make those plays. And, of course, being a wide receiver is about more than just getting open um, because, I I mean, Xavier Worthy is a great example of that. Uh, but I, I don't think Texas fans should be so down on Xavier Worthy at this point because if, if they get that way, it's kind of one of those things where you may not understand what you have until he's gone. And Xavier Worthy is one of the better wide receivers in this conference, but he's just got to start catching the ball a little bit. We'll probably see some evidence of that this upcoming
1: spring. I'd like to see a, a – com- I think ideally a combination – Let's just let's just combine Xavier and Jordan, and we'll call him Xavier Whittington. He went for 110 catches, 1,412 yards, and 10 touchdowns last year. That was the combined production from those two guys. And you you, you nailed it on the head. Jordan Whittington is a, is a is a team favorite, fan favorite. Uh, he's been in the program for years, and so there's a lot of familiarity there. Xavier Worthy, you, you said something Texas fans don't want to hear you don't if, you better watch what happens with worthy because yeah you may you may have a disdain for him dropping balls and quitting on routes and and sometimes having a bad attitude and just bad bad body language but his production is still paramount his production is still there and he's a guy that the defense pays a lot of attention to he saw bracket coverage week after week last year and so uh, those are the two guys. The, the, they they combine for the most. I see a scenario where they may not have the same production this year, Joe, from both, from either one of them. But it's because of other players, and it's because of the ball being distributed a lot more, you know, balanced. And so, and, and that that actually might turn out to be a better option for for Texas. That may be that may be a better offense for this group in 2023. They were so. Uh, they leaned on Bijan Robinson and Rashawn Johnson so much last year. It's going to be different this fall. It's going to be in Quinn's hands. And so uh, Xavier Worthy, listen, it, with a with a great season, he's going to put himself in some really, really high company in the University of Texas receiving uh records. He he's that good. An incredible route runner. I mean, his whip route is 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 disgusting. But you got to catch the ball in big situations. And even when you don't, your body language has to get better. You've got to be a better teammate. And I think that's the only difference in in Xavier Worthy freshman year and Xavier Worthy last year.
0: Yeah, and, you know, he's probably a type of player who thinks he's a a three years and off the NFL. So this is going to be a big season for him to show that that's the case in his mind and in the minds of scouts. Uh, And I think he can do it. I mean, everything we always hear – Is that, you know, you see, we see what we see, but behind the scenes, and even with what uh, Steve Sarkeesian talks about, everybody says nobody works harder than that guy. Uh, He's got to prove it this year, but that's what we hear. That's what we want to see. Um, As far as Jordan Whittington goes, uh, I think that, you know, going back to Isaiah Nayor coming back, AD Mitchell coming back, that's going to help Jordan Whittington a lot because it'll probably put him back in the slot. Um, Credit to him for being healthy for the whole year and working so hard to maintain that health. Um, if you ever heard about or read on Inside Texas about his routine, it's, it's a full-time job. I mean, the only bad thing that Jordan Whittington uh, puts in his body um, is a, a pint of ice cream after scrimmages during preseason camp. He works so hard to try to stay on the field, uh, and we saw what happens when he's able to stay on the field. This year, however, with uh, Nayor, with Mitchell, that should help Whittington move back to the slot, and I think that's his best position. We saw what happened when when a, a corner or defender can get on him in press coverage. Whittington's great, but that's not his strength. He's got good quickness, but he doesn't right. have just the ability to beat press coverage uh, like someone like you had like Worthy can because of the respect of his you know top end speed. Whittington is great at being sure-handed, at getting the ball in his hands quickly, um, and working in areas like the slot. And I'm, I'm really excited for him. I mean, I think, what, I think six years ago, I started going down to, to Cuero and watching Gobblers games. And I remember when I met him uh, right after he got uh, offered by Ohio State. And I remember going and seeing him when a bunch of coaches would go through. And, of course, we all remember that state championship game. I'm so glad to see him be successful this past year, and I'm really excited for what's coming this year because I think he'll be in a better position uh, to to work on his strengths.
1: I like what you said. I think Whittington moves back inside, and and if he does, that's where that's where I think he's his strongest suit is. Uh, and also give Whittington credit for being a really good team player. Why? Because I wouldn't be surprised if he's wearing number thirteen. This fall in his last season at Texas. Um, You know, there's an incoming running back out of Florida named Cedric Baxter who was really, really attached to the number four. He wanted that number really bad. And so I wouldn't be shocked if Whittington gave up that number. And you know what? In this day and age, if you understand players, their numbers mean something to them. That's a big deal to them. Uh, It was to us, at least when we were kids. And so the fact that Year the year before, Jatavian Sanders volunteered his number, number three to Quinn Ewers, uh, you know, so Quinn could get that 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 uh, Trace uh, jersey, and then now it looks like Cedric Baxter is going to get his number four jersey because Whittington is being a better guy. You know what? That's that's Jordan Whittington in 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 a kind of in, in a nutshell. He's 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 always going to do what's best for the team. He's always going to do what's best for himself. He's highly disciplined kid and another healthy season can only benefit the, this Longhorn team, not only on the field, but in the locker room.
0: Yeah, he, he's going to be a fan favorite. Uh, he's already a fan favorite. He's one of my favorites just to watch because you can tell how much fun he has playing football. Um, and he's going to try and build something and, and become a uh, you know an NFL prospect. I think that's his goal. That's why he came back. He's got all the physical talent, but his resume is just not that long. Um, so I think that's a big reason why he came back, and uh, you're going to see it from him this year—a uh, contract year, so to speak. So uh, that kind of does it for wide receiver. Of course, there again, there's going to be some more guys, but uh, tracking whether those newcomers, <laughs> those additions, uh, or those returners uh, kind of make their move into the rotation, whether it be someone like Casey Kane or someone like Isaiah Orleans healthy, or you know anybody else, Jonte Cook, DeAndre Moore. That's going to be one of the main storylines to follow uh, during spring football. It's 15 practices. Of course, again, we'll probably see a good amount of 11 personnel. Like we saw in the bowl game. There's no, I, I, while well, I have faith in Gunner Helm at tight end um, you're known as Jatavian Sanders. And with Steve Sarkeesian, he likes getting speed on the field. He knows what he can do with Sanders in the offense. And I think that'll lead to more 11 personnel. So wide receivers got a lot to prove this spring. Justin, anything else?
1: Chris Jackson, not Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, not the old Denver Nuggets point guard, not the old LSU high scorer. Chris Jackson, the new wide receiver coach. Joe, this bunch needed a dose of Chris Jackson. Give Brendan Arian credit. Have, you know, wish him nothing but the best in, in Las Vegas. But the fact that Jackson comes from the NFL really resonates with these receivers. And I think that hire is as important as returning all that production and bringing in that talent of a Jonte Cook, a DeAndre Moore, and a Ryan Niblet and also an A.D. Mitchell. All that combined, I think Chris Jackson's uh, you know hiring was, was the key there. And if, you, if any fans have a takeaway from the wide receiver, wide receiver spring position preview today, it's that, that that new receiver coach is legit, and he's already uh, paying dividends.
0: Yeah. We saw him active on the trail right away. So uh, really excited to see what he does uh, for, for the Longhorns, you know, helped a Jacksonville Jaguar receiver core have a big year, make the playoffs with Trevor Lawrence after being, you know, I I don't think he was, he wasn't on urban Meyer's staff, but uh, he comes in with Doug Peterson's staff and helps that offense do great things and uh, mount a little bit of a comeback there and uh, delay his hiring by about a week or so reportedly, but Yeah. Big spring for Chris Jackson, Uh, seems to be on the ball already, and he's got some really talented guys to work with at Texas. So thank you so much for watching this episode, listening wherever you get this. Uh, Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel. We're going to be bringing more previews and even more content uh, throughout spring football and, of course, as March Madness gets going when talking Texas hoops. Uh, Make sure you visit InsideTexas.com. Uh, we can get you on board $30 until August 31st. Spring football, recruiting, recruiting, uh, summer workouts, official visits, and preseason camp and recruiting uh, days. So many different things. We've added former Texas player personnel analyst uh, Jake Longy, uh, who is providing so much great background. Uh, he posted something today on Isaiah Funga, I believe. Uh, So great stuff there. Uh, Make sure you check out Inside Texas. It's the best in the market. We believe that. We wouldn't be there if we didn't believe that and hope you come and join us. So thank you so much for Justin Wells. I'm Joe Cook. Thank you to Matt Hutchinson, our producer, and we will see you next time on, on Texas
1: football. Thank you for watching. For more videos on Texas football, recruiting, and other sports, make sure you click the like button and subscribe to the channel to get the very latest updates. Uh, Thank you for watching again and hook them.